In third grade science, we learned about litmus paper. We were given these little strips of paper that turned different colors depending on whether they were soaked in acid or alkaline liquid. And so our teacher gave us five different little cups of liquids. I think it was lemon juice and soapy water and Coca-Cola, stuff like that. And we used our litmus paper to determine whether it was acid or alkaline. Now, that was an interesting enough experiment, but uh, being the enterprising young scientists that we were, we took it a little bit further. We ran around the room and stuck a piece of litmus paper on everybody's forehead. (laughs) Turns out I was slightly acidic in the third grade. First John provides a litmus test to see where our life is in relation to where it needs to be. We find it here in 1 John chapter 2. Again, we'll begin reading in verse 3. We know that we have come to know Him if we obey His commands. The man who says, I know Him, but does not do what He commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys His word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. We're going to learn this morning some ways that we can walk like Jesus. Now, first of all, that means we need to know where not to walk. In the first part of his statement, John gives a warning, a warning about where not to walk. Now, he stops, he starts off with an obvious statement, or at least it should be obvious. Verse 3, we know that we have come to know him if we obey his commandments. That just makes sense. And it's a wonderful guiding principle for our life. How do, I, how do I measure if my life is where God wants it to be? Well, the first place to start is to examine my life and to see, am I, I doing the things that Jesus commanded? Am I, am I living the way Jesus taught that I should live? Now, more on that in just a moment. But before he gets to that, John gives a warning. We know that we've come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. It's possible here that Paul was referring to a group of people who would eventually become to know, be, be known as the Gnostics. They were a group that taught that it didn't really matter how you lived, uh, as long as you believed the right things. It really didn't matter what you physically did because the only thing that really mattered was what was in your mind, not what you did with your physical body. John writes that what we believe has to have a direct impact on the way that we live. Otherwise, what we believe is defective. 
Now, John doesn't mean here that we're going to be perfect. This side of heaven, none of us is going to be perfect. In fact, John, earlier in his letter, writes these words. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. However, knowing that we're not perfect does not mean that we should just stop striving for perfection. To think anything otherwise would be like someone who's driving down the freeway and they're they're, they're thinking, well, you know, the odds are that sooner or later I'm going to get into a traffic accident, so I might as well just get it over with today. And they steer the car over into the ditch. As believers, we know that we're not perfect. We know that we're going to fall short of the goal of what God has for our life. But that's not a reason to sin. In fact, it is the exact opposite. As believers, we know the consequences of sin. We know the damage that sin creates in our life and in the lives of those that we love. And so we seek to avoid it at all costs. And the Bible, God's command, helps us to do exactly that. It's like when you're, when you're driving down the highway, and for just momentarily, you, you lose your concentration. Your, your, your thoughts kind of drift a little bit, and as your thoughts drift, your car kind of drifts a little bit, and you, you get a little bit out of your lane. Well, on many of our highways... The highway department has carved little indentions in the road that will make your wheels vibrate if you get over on them. They're called rumble strips. And they, they remind you, if you, you, know, you start kind of feeling this, oh, whoop, I'm out of my lane, I, I need to pull back over. Well, the Bible provides us with some rumble strips. Warnings. When we are departing from God's command, in our life. When our lives don't match up with God's word, we know what to do. You know, if you're out on the highway and you, you move over and you hit one of those rumble strips, you don't just keep driving along that way. That feels really good. You, know, you don't do that. No, as soon as your car starts doing that, you pull back over into your lane. Same thing happens for us as we read the scripture, as we realize our life is not where it needs to be. We don't just keep rattling along with God's forgiveness and help. We get back on the road again. John's words jar us back to reality, should we think anything else. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar and the truth is not in him. When God confronts us with sin in our life, give him back the wheel and let him get you back on the road again. And then let God keep driving. We've all heard the old saying, God is my co-pilot. Well, folks, if God's your co-pilot, you're in the wrong seat. Move over and let him be the driver. That's what John says here in verse 5. But if anyone obeys His word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. 
Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Verse 5 is an expansion of what John said in verse 3. Verse 3 notes that we can test our life by reviewing whether or not we're walking according to the commands of Christ. Verse 5 takes that one step further. As we walk in Christ, we become more like Christ in one extraordinary area. John says as we walk in the command of Christ, we expand our love. Now, we don't usually think about commands in that way. We usually think about commands uh, as something that warns us about something not to do. Now, that's true. Many of God's commands do exactly that. They, they warn us about things that we need to avoid because God knows they're going to hurt us. So God's commands do, in fact, warn us about things we should avoid. But they go much further than that. That's, that's not the only thing that God's commands do. But sometimes that's the way we look at them. Or we look at the commands of God as something that makes us feel guilty when we don't live up to them. The problem there is that's just a pointless waste of time to just feel guilty about not following God's commands. Well, that really doesn't help. There's, there's got to be something else that God's commands are there for, and, and that's true. Or we think of the commands of God as something that we shy away from because we're afraid if we follow God's commands, we're going to miss something really good. And the truth is, the exact opposite is true. That if we fail to follow God's commands, that's when we're going to miss something really, really good. Now, the corrective to all of those incomplete views of God's command is really very simple. The corrective the Bible gives us is to walk as Jesus walked. And when we do that, something amazing happens in our life. When we set out each day to say, you know what? I'm going to strive to live my life today the way Jesus would have lived it if he was going through my experience. Now, we're not going to do that perfectly. We're going to stumble along the way. We're going to realize some imperfections. We're going to feel those rumble strips. But as we, as we do that, as we set out with that desire, that heart wish that we would be like Christ, that we would live like Christ, that we would think like Christ, that we would act like Christ, that we would respond to others in our life like Christ, something amazing happens. God's love in our life starts to flourish. And we experience God's love in ever more profound kinds of ways. Golf is an amazingly frustrating sport. Extremely minute differences in your swing can make the difference between a great shot and poking around in the forest looking for your golf ball. I am anything but a good golfer. However, 
I did have a lesson from a golf pro one time. Now, not a tour pro or anything, just the pro at the golf course where I was, the resident guy. He took me out on the range and, and watched my swing and began to point out things that I was doing wrong and some ways to correct it. He, he showed me how to stand a little bit different, showed me how to hold the club a little bit different. He, he talked about the plane of my swing, making that exactly the way it was supposed to do. Basically, everything I was doing was wrong. The only thing that he could have changed more was if he'd have told me to hit left-handed. That would have been the only thing he didn't tell me that day. Now, the first few times that I tried to do the things that he was doing didn't go so well. As I recall, I missed the ball about three or four times trying to do some of those things. But he told me to stick with it, to just keep trying, which I did. And by the end of the lesson, I actually hit a few really nice shots. Well, nice shot's a relative term, but you get the idea. They were better than what I'd been hitting before. Even to this day, when I hit a bad shot, I think back to that day when he was telling me all the things I was supposed to do, and I realized something that I did that wasn't quite right, something I dressed the ball wrong, I stood wrong, or had my back swing wrong. I think about, well, you know, I didn't do that quite the way he said to do it. But then... In those rare instances when I hit a good shot, when it all falls together, when the ball actually goes where I planned for it to go, folks, that's the reason why duffers like me keep going out on the course. There's just no way to describe how great it feels to hit a good shot. You'll pay another green fee. You'll, you'll endure the embarrassment of spraying shots all over the course. Just to hit that one perfect shot and maybe string a few more together and have a good round. That's the amazing thing about following the command of Christ. Yes, there are going to be times that we are going to feel frustrated at how miserably we fail at walking like Christ sometimes. The wheels are going to rumble loudly on some days. But when you live following the commands of Christ, when you walk as Jesus walked, folks, we experience something amazing. You get a glimpse of the Savior. You see His hand working through your hands. You become part of something far bigger than yourself. You have an impact, a real impact for the kingdom of God. First John makes this astounding promise. This is what the Bible tells us. If anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in Him. Think about that for a minute. As we obey God's Word, God's love is truly made complete in us. 
Now, yes, we're still going to hit a few clunkers. Along life's way, we're going to slice a few into the woods. But in those times, when God's love truly is made complete in us, just imagine what Jesus can do through you. As God's love is made complete in you, you'll be able to minister to someone in their time of need and see God work in them in a unique way. As you obey God's command, you'll have those opportunities to share Christ with a friend or a neighbor. And one day you'll be there when somebody steps across that line of faith. And you'll recognize the eternal change that has come about in their life. As you walk as Jesus walked. You will recognize even more clearly the love that Jesus has for you. Just imagine what our Savior can do if we will simply walk as Jesus walked. Heavenly Father, help us. This is something that's so hard to understand. It's so difficult for us to grasp. And yet, Heavenly Father, the instruction is so simple. We need to walk like Jesus. And God, some days there are going to be days that we're going to think that's not going to work. We're going to be there at our office or at our school. And we're going to think, if I do what the Bible says here, I'm going to lose. We're going to think, if I walk as Jesus walks in this situation, they're going to walk right over me. Because that's the way the world thinks. Heavenly Father, help us see through that. Cut through all of that fog and mist of of what the world has pounded into our head and help us to see if we will simply follow your command your love will truly be made complete in us god help us to long for that help us to desire that more than anything that your love would be made complete in us for it is in jesus name we pray amen